Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to Sister Wives with Mary Jane Kay. Today, I'll be giving my commentary on Sister Wives, Season 16, Episode 2, Four Wives, Three Fires. There's so much to get into this episode. This episode is jam-packed with the wives throwing shade at Cody's protocols, the kids telling it like it is, and Cody acting like the Kotex he always is. He complains about his wife's PMS and how terrorizing it is for him. But Cody seems to be the real culprit. He is the one who seems to have a lot of trouble with his emotions. Maybe Cody needs some Midol. Maybe someone should send him some. His hormones seem to be out of control this episode. He's very irrational in my opinion. He's unreasonable and demanding and incredibly moody and mercurial. Could Kotex be going through menopause? Is it an extended midlife crisis? Or is Cody just an asshole who prioritizes himself, his favorite wife, and his over-processed curls? Those curls were so thirsty this episode. It was beyond wandering in the desert, praying for a little water, praying for a little conditioner. Those curls are parched, or they were parched, I should say, because there's a rumor that Kotex may have cut his hair. I don't know, but I did go on Reddit in a moment of boredom, which I very rarely do. And there's a cameo there where people speculate his hair is cut, and you can't 100% tell because you don't see the back of his head, but it does look cut in my opinion. And his hair also looks white, but it could also be a very tight pony. We'll have to see. So I don't know if you guys will crack a smile or not, but one of my viewers, Diana, left me a comment. We were discussing if Cody was capable of change and some of Cody's insensitive behavior during Christine's pregnancy. Specifically, how Cody cried to a very pregnant Christine about missing his soulmate, crying on her bed, complaining to a pregnant Christine. He gushed about his love. He missed his sobbing. He was so far away from her. His heart couldn't stand it. And Christine had to comfort Cody. She had to reassure him that he was just lovesick. When she herself took issue with the amount of time Cody was away for his long weekends since Robin lived far away during her pregnancy. And Christine had a high-risk pregnancy. She had already had one miscarriage. And Cody wouldn't hesitate to go spend time with Robin. That's a lot for anyone to go through. The hormones and the emotions, plus the fear of miscarriage or complications, plus the emotional turmoil, knowing your husband is off on weekends to court his soulmate he gushes about and cries over, complaining to you when you are pregnant with his child and you have a lot to deal with plus raising kids and homemaking, plus your husband falling in love with someone else, gushing about it insensitively during his time with you, and also your husband 
not being able to be as present and support the way that he should during the pregnancy, plus crying to you because he misses Robin. Now, a viewer said it would be more feasible for her to win the lottery than for Cody to learn how to be a decent man, in her opinion only, of course. And I replied that it would be more feasible for me with my limp to win the gold at the Olympics for the hurdle jump. Is decency learned or is it something innate within us, in our conscience, deeply ingrained? Can Cody learn to be decent? Can he change? People can change. It's rare. It's hard. But you have to want to change with everything inside you in order to do it. That's what I know about change from my personal experience. It doesn't come from other people. It doesn't come from any counselor or therapist. It doesn't come from any group. It doesn't come from your family and friends. The only way a person can change is when they decide they want it with everything inside them. And when they understand they are the problem and they are willing to humble themselves and take accountability for what it is they are responsible for, they're not going to be able to change. But when they are able to do that and they want to change with every fiber of their being, then friends, family, counselors, people outside of you can support you and help. But it starts with Y-O-U. If you don't want to change, you will not, even if you have support. It doesn't matter. What matters is if you have a hunger to get out, to change. Till you decide you want out, nothing can help you. No one can help you. We'll see if Cody decides in season 17 if he wants out, if he wants to change, if he realizes he's a huge part of the problem in the family dynamic. By the way, in my opinion, if we see Cody go to therapy, it doesn't mean he actually is intentional with it or that he is actually trying to become self-aware or better or improve his relationships. In my opinion, if Cody does therapy and it's on camera on the show, my feeling is it's for show and a storyline and to try and get better optics for himself, just in my opinion. If Cody goes to therapy and he doesn't want to change or see what's problematic, it won't help him. If you send an addict to rehab and you force them, and you do the intervention, you guilt them into going, whatever. If they do not feel they want out from deep down in their soul, it's not going to take, in my opinion. They have to go get help, whether it's for a drug addiction or some type of personality disorder or anxiety or just some type of therapy to just improve relationships, whatever it may be. You have to want to go It has to happen because you want it, because you are thirsty for it. And they, the person, if they really want something, they will suffer. They will wade through the muck and the mire to get out of that box when they want to. It has to be for themselves and not for any other reason but themselves and wanting it. 
Does Cody want to change for himself from the pit of his soul? Or does Cody want to look better and make a show for cameras? Now, I don't know if Cody's going to do therapy in season 17, but he definitely set up for it in the tell-all when he mentioned going to therapy and his older kids needing therapy. We will see. Okay, let's get into it. So, the show opens with Cody trying to show off that he's an intellectual, that he's sophisticated and refined, and also that he's an alpha male. There are shots of the nature in Flagstaff with Paco Bell's Canon D playing in the background. That song is used a lot in a lot of movies and shows, and it's a song that they use frequently when a bride walks down the aisle. I believe that I have Canon D in the intro of Robin's wedding episode for season one. The scenes of nature, the clouds over the landscape, a flowing brook over the rocks, trees, a blue jay even, transition to Cody lifting in Janelle's garage and doing squats, showing off he's an alpha male, strong, lifting. Cody is the most unsexy man in the world, in my opinion. I look at him and I imagine a submissive with his balls in a vice only Robin controls. Cody, in my opinion, can reach to be an alpha male. He can announce he's an alpha male on the show many times, announce it to his friends, do scenes lifting, flex and stare in the mirror at his muscles, but he will never be one, whether he announces it to his friends or in confessional over the seasons, or whether he lifts listening to Ken and Dee to show women he's artistic, sophisticated, and intellectual, but also strong and manly too. Really, he's just a Kotex. By the way, just curious, how many of you women viewers no actual alpha males who announce it publicly and refer to themselves as an alpha male when they actually are one. Usually that has toxic connotations and most men don't feel so insecure that they would prefer to associate themselves in that way and to refer to themselves in that way in order to assert they're a hot-blooded, strong man's man. But do the actual alpha males, we... No, ever refer to themselves that way. Do they call themselves an alpha male to other people? Or is it just obvious? I've known alpha males myself. I've seen them in their habitat. And most of the ones I have known, all of them actually, never feel the need to refer to themselves in that way. In my opinion, when you call yourself an alpha male whenever you get the chance, that's an indication you aren't one and that you are very insecure and trying to convince people if you have to announce it because alpha males, from my experience, don't mention it. People might notice the type they are, but they don't announce it to their friends and try to use it as a rationale for being head of a polygamous family and try and convince people that they are that by referring to themselves that way. In my opinion, Cody seems to want viewers to perceive him as an alpha male. He wants to label himself that way and announce it as if he's also trying to convince himself and others, look at me, look at me, I'm an alpha male. Anyways, Janelle interrupts Cody's workout. Janelle asks what Cody is listening to. 
He is so proud to announce, he's proud of himself to announce, he is listening to Canon in D. He says he listens to anything that's going to motivate him, and today it's Packle Bell, because he wants to lift and be in a serene place. Janelle asks Cody, so that's workout music for you? And Cody says, a workout is meditation, right? Janelle says, she needs something way harder. Janelle reveals she listens to German industrial rock. This is just one example, if you don't know what that is, a more popular kind of known band in that genre everyone will know is, of course, Rammstein. There's a ton, but that's probably what people might be familiar with. Janelle is badass. I like that she goes to the evil rock shows and that she's open to all kinds of music. Janelle also listens to older rappers like Eminem. Robin actually is reminding me of the stick-up-her-ass mother from Detroit Rock City when she comments on Janelle going to rock shows. She's acting like Janelle needs an exorcist because she goes to the evil rock shows. In confessional, Robin rolls her eyes and she says in a tone, a disapproving tone, in Vegas, Janelle went to a lot of rock concerts. She wore black t-shirts and heavy makeup, Robin tattles. She rolls her eyes, she raises her eyebrows, and she speaks in an incredibly disapproving tone, like an old, clucking, matronly mother hen. Her neck is gaggling back and forth like the turkey gobble, that turkeys have, like if you've made a Thanksgiving turkey, it's gaggling back and forth under her chin. As she speaks, cluck, 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 Janelle and the evil rock shells. She doesn't think it's appropriate. You can tell from her tone. She does an eye roll. She does an upward pursed frown. She raises her eyebrows as if Janelle is crazy or evil to go to a rock show. Black t-shirts are evil. Heavy makeup is the devil. Rock music, oh my God. Janelle is really playing with fire. But for some reason, every time I pause the show on Robin, her face looks contorted as if she's expelling a demon. And Janelle always happens to look gorgeous and smiling whenever I have to pause. Janelle reveals she had snakeskin leggings on and a ratty black t-shirt. You go, girl. Janelle rocks. She should go to rock shows. Here's the thing about Janelle. What you see is what you get. She is independent, and she says it like it is from her perspective, and she is who she is, and she owns it. I love, by the way, that she's still thinking about if she wants to be closer to Robin. Last season, Robin asked Janelle if she wanted to be closer And Janelle told her she has to think about it. And I hope she is still thinking. She's still buffering. She doesn't need Grammy Robin to be her bestie. Why? So she can be judgy about the evil rock shows? Has Robin ever even gone to a rock show or a rave or anything? Has she experienced what she is rolling her eyes at? That woman doesn't know how to live, in my opinion. It doesn't have to be going to rock shows, but I want to know. Other than COVID protocols and the ugly jewelry bullshit that failed, what the fuck are Robin's likes? What are her interests? What are her hobbies? What is she good at? 
Christine can cook. She has the show Cooking with Just Christine and other things on the side. And she's a phenomenal mom and a wonderful caregiver, of course. Janelle has a very strong work ethic. She likes rock shows. She likes history and art and culture. From the book, we know she likes wild herbs and flowers and Native American culture and history and art. And she can also grow a kick-ass garden. And she has her college degree as well. And she has six kids that she raised. I think that she's also now pursuing the farm-to-table restaurants and she did realty. And I'm sure there's other things in there that I'm missing out that she's done because Janelle does a lot. I want to know what Robin's interests are. Mary has her in. She did her all by herself, plus the Lula crap. What is Robin good at? What are her hobbies? What's her passion? What's cool about Robin? Anything? Let me know. I don't know. What keeps her passionate about life beyond her family and her kids? I haven't seen anything so far. If you guys have seen anything, let me know. I think Robin, by the way, makes a lot of judgments without actually experiencing things first. And she needs to take the stick out of her ass, in my opinion, and learn to live a little and be a little bit more light. But that's just my opinion. If she spent less time judging and more time living, maybe she wouldn't be in a constant state of fear and worry. The world is a scary place. Bad shit happens. Life is incredibly unfair. But also, there is a ton of good. There is a ton of magic. There are a ton of miracles. If you allow yourself to see them, and if you just live in fear, and if you are just judgy with things that you don't know, that you've never experienced, if you just live your life making assumptions and judging, you will never really live. And Robin seems to make lots of assumptions, like her tone about rock shows, her tone at the tell-all about the moms putting ideas in their kids' heads about her, all kinds of assumptions, all made from her state of fear and a limited understanding, in my opinion. Let's also not forget the assumption when Robin decided to let her kids know that all the wives didn't come to Thanksgiving because... Like they're choosing, uh, like it's a personal thing. They're choosing to reject them. They don't really want to be there. That wasn't the case. They just would prefer to go where they know they're welcome and where they have their adult kids. They want to go hang out with their adult kids, Christine and Janelle and their families for Thanksgiving. So they decided not to go to Robin's. They know it's going to be hell. They know Cody is uptight. They know Robin has a stick up her ass. They know there's all the COVID bullshit and all the, you know, judgy shit from uh, Cody about them being lax and dismissive about the COVID rules. Cody behaved in a very resentful way towards Janelle and Christine, and he carried that into the treatment of their kids. So really, why would they want to go to Thanksgiving to a place where all they feel is stress and doom and gloom? They want to go see their kids, but they're not choosing to reject Robin. It's not that they don't want to be there or that they don't care for her kids. And Robin was painting it as they've rejected us. They don't want to be with us. They're choosing to reject us. They don't care about us. We don't matter to them. And that wasn't the truth. And that wasn't the case. That's her perception and her assumption of what they're thinking. 
they're really thinking, why the fuck would I want to go to this Thanksgiving at Robin's? I can just go see my kids and I don't have to do 10 million things in order to do it. I can follow CDC guidelines. I don't have to follow Cody's mandates. They know they don't feel welcome. It's not, it's going to be a tense thing. So they want to go see their kids, but they weren't, it wasn't a personal affront to Robin or her kids. And instead of telling her kids like in a mature way, in an unemotional way, listen, Christine and Janelle and the kids, they want to see their siblings are going to go to Utah for Thanksgiving. They're not rejecting us. They would love to be with us, but they have to go see their kids. They miss their kids, whatever. Instead, she framed it that way that they don't want us. They're rejecting us to her kids. In my opinion, that's creating a lot of unnecessary stress and emotions, and it's kind of manipulative to the kids to frame it that way because that's not even what actually happened. But the kids are now going to think, Janelle doesn't want us, Christine doesn't want us, their kids don't want us, they rejected us, and it's always going to be in their mind now when that's really not the case at all. It makes me wonder, when Robin accuses Janelle and Christine of putting ideas in their grown kids, by the way, I might add, heads, that they put these ideas of of her, you know, being this bad guy in their heads, that they can't think for themselves, that they're not old enough to think for themselves and see what the situation is with Robin, that people have to whisper and put it in their minds and poison them and that she would never do that. That's what she suggested at the tell-all. But it makes me wonder, is she projecting because that's what she's doing with her own kids? She just did it in that example right there. Anyways, back to the show. Janelle lets Cody know that Hunter leaves tomorrow and she wants to throw a barbecue on Coyote Pass. Hunter is leaving for school, so this is going to be a farewell barbecue at the end of the week. They're still right in the middle of the pandemic and the family still doesn't see eye-to-eye on how to manage the risk. Imagine that. Cody lets Janelle know. He has to get the family on board first to gather in confessional, he says. When you have a family this big, there is constantly a conflict in what everybody wants to do. Kotex says, trying to keep exposure low, but keep family relationships has been a challenge. Who created the challenge? Seriously, who created the challenge? If Cody was fine with the CDC guidelines like everyone else, and he didn't intentionally create his own set of more stringent protocols, it wouldn't be a challenge. It's a challenge because Cody intentionally made his own rules, and he demanded everyone stay hostage in their homes among a list of other things, when people have school and work and responsibilities, Cody is the one who created the challenge. Cody decided, follow my guidelines to a T or I can't see you. In my opinion, Cody made these rules intentionally impossible to follow. Then now he's calling it a challenge because everyone won't blindly obey him and follow his mandates versus the CDC. And then he gets to deflect to his wives and kids when he is questioned about why he doesn't come over because it always goes back to, you're not following my mandates, you're not obeying. The wives follow the CDC guidelines and they decided 
not to follow Cody's incredibly extra rules that he created. And he's not a virologist the last time I checked. Cody created that challenge, in my opinion, to justify himself not coming around and not giving the kids and the wives equal time. Then he deflects to, my wives aren't doing what I dictated. I don't feel safe. I can't come around. So Cody created this challenge. Not the pandemic, not his wives for refusing to follow his authoritative rules, and not his kids. Cody created this challenge. This is Cody creating the problem 100%. It's not to be blamed on the pandemic or on his wives, in my opinion, or on his kids. What's interesting is, as a reminder, the first point of exposure to COVID for the whole family came from who? Who in the family was the point of exposure to COVID after all this mess? Where did it come from? Let's look at that. The family gathering at Robin's house where she has a nanny who got COVID from her husband. So the people who are most paranoid making their own rules as if they are qualified virologists, more qualified than the people at the CDC, wanting everyone to sit hostage in their homes, those are the ones who actually exposed everyone to COVID. Not the wives who follow CDC guidelines that Cody tries to deflect to as lax and irresponsible around the pandemic. Let's remember, Cody refuses to come around because his wives and kids refuse to obey his rules. Yet he and Sabin are the point of exposure for everyone through the nanny. Irony at its finest. Also, what in the fuck does the nanny do? What does the nanny do? Janelle explains this has stretched on and on and Hunter is leaving. So Janelle wants Cody to figure out a way to see each other. It's been five months and it doesn't seem like things are letting up. So Janelle says they can't continue to go on and on without seeing each other. Janelle says they could, but she doesn't know if the family will remain intact if they do. Cody suggests setting up a fire pit for each mom. He wants to make three fire pits and Mary just kind of fits in so she won't get her own fire. Cody explains why he suggests setting up a fire pit for each mom. He wants to make three fire pits. To do four fires will spread them out pretty far. But Cody thinks he can make a triangle and then Mary can stay somewhere socially distanced outside of that. So every mom gets a fire in the triangle formation and Mary can stay distanced outside of that. Is Mary not worth the trouble of making a fire to Cody? Janelle asks Cody if they would have to wear masks because they would all be socially distanced. And Cody says, to be fair, each mom has been running her household differently. So it would be up to each mom. Cody says, the kids have already been complaining that this isn't normal. 
that they're all one family asking, why can't we see each other? Why aren't we getting together? Cody says if they finally get together as a family and he says everybody has to mask up, that might be something that his kids will get really stupid about. It's a family gathering out on the property. It will just be the family and socially distanced and outdoors. They will be eating and stuff. Are the masks really necessary? Particularly with the three separate fires with Mary rotating on the outskirts, I guess. Cody's kids wouldn't be stupid to complain as Cody suggests. I don't like how Cody basically calls the kids stupid if they complain. This pandemic has to be very stressful for all of his kids, especially the kids who are stuck at home, scared of getting sick, who no longer have school as a social outlet or friends or hanging out as often. It disrupts everything in a kid's world that they know. So if the kids complain, especially when they have a jackass of a dad, using the pandemic as an excuse to manipulate the situation and the fear in order to do what he wants, and to then try and dictate it and make it worse for the kids in the family, just so he can then use it as an excuse to live as he wants, the kids are definitely not stupid to complain. They're complaining, and rightfully so. They aren't stupid to complain. Cody is stupid not to be more understanding and a little less rigid. I have a feeling if Cody was more reasonable and he followed CDC guidelines without dictating and the extra impossible requirements that he added to intentionally make this impossible, if Cody was positive and fair and he made an effort to really show up all of his wives and all of his kids as much as possible during this difficult, scary time of the pandemic, the kids might have been less whiny. Cody abandoned almost the whole family. He created these impossible rules, in my opinion, intentionally to get his way. And then Cody deflected when held responsible, every time blaming certain wives or kids for why he wasn't around. But he and Robin are the first point of exposure for the family. And instead of being a man and a good supportive husband and father during these very tough times where he needs to be the family's backbone, Cody was rigid. He lamented about losing the role as the authoritative head of the family. He was bitter and resentful. He stopped seeing his wives and kids. He even stopped calling his kids. Behaving in a petulant manner, being a very whiny man-child, throwing fits because he wasn't blindly obeyed. He used that as an excuse not to show up when his family needed him. This is when his family needed him the most. They needed him to be rational and bending and compromising and strong and fearless. But in my opinion, during the pandemic, Cody wasn't a real man. He wasn't a good husband. He wasn't a good father. He didn't broker a consensus. He didn't bend. He expected everyone to bend to him. And when they wouldn't, he got bitter and angry and resentful and toxic. And he pulled away. And he even used it as an excuse, blaming the ones who refused to comply 
on why he couldn't be a man and a good husband and father during the time when his wives and kids needed him to step up the most. That's the kind of guy Cody is, the kind of guy who announces he's an alpha male every chance he gets, the kind of guy who doesn't have the spine or the backbone, in my opinion, know when to bend and to be there for his family when they need him the most. During a scary time for everyone, getting his way was more important. Either Cody is a scared coward with no backbone, terrorized in fear of a pandemic to the point where he is paralyzed and unable to be rational and he is too incapacitated mentally to show up as a father and a husband and he needs help, just in my opinion, or he's a dick operating off of ego and he's pissed he's no longer the authoritative leader setting impossible rules intentionally to get his secret wish of monogamy and punishing his wives and kids for their refusal to obey. And he's punishing them by pulling back and being an arrogant asshole when his family needs him to show up the most. A real leader bends. A real man shows up. A real man doesn't let one paranoid wife keep his balls in a sling under lock and key. Either way, that's not leader material in my book. He even stopped calling his kids. Why? He couldn't show up to Isabel's surgery and be a real man and husband and be there for his wife and child. He allowed them to go through that procedure that could be life-threatening alone. It's about Cody's ego and what's convenient for him. You don't catch COVID through the phone, but Cody couldn't bother calling. Cody couldn't be there for his daughter's life-threatening surgery. You know, the family worked despite the struggles inherent in the polygamous lifestyle when all the adults shared the same priority of putting the family first, putting the group before the self and before any individual relationship in the family. When Robin entered the picture, in my opinion, and not all the adults, put the family ahead of themselves, their irrational fears and mental states, their individual selfish needs, or the needs of one separate marriage over the needs of the group, the family doesn't work anymore. And in my opinion, Cody switched his priorities when Robin entered the picture. And Robin's priority isn't the group. And that's how everything began to disintegrate so much, in my opinion. And it will continue unless all the adults can again share the same common priority. Otherwise, it's a toxic mess. Even if they all shared the same priority, the lifestyle still comes with a hefty side of toxic, in my opinion. But look how much worse it gets when the group no longer has the same priority because two people prioritize themselves over the group. Back to the show. Cody tells Janelle the whole COVID coronapocalypse, kids have been complaining that they can't get together with the whole family. And according to Cody, that's all been because the whole family still goes outside of the family. Janelle follows the state regulations, the local regulations regarding COVID, 
and the CDC guidelines. Janelle points out that Cody and Robin especially, and she puts an emphasis on Robin especially, observe a few extra requirements. And it's seen as very black and white for them. So there's a difference of opinion about what's enough and there is no bending on what's enough, it seems to her. Cody wants Janelle to remind him to text everyone when he's done with his workout. My question is, why the fuck can't Cody remember to do it after his workout? He's the leader. It's his family. He's a very capable leader, apparently. Janelle just talked to him as he's working out. He agreed. Why would he then need a reminder to text the family again? It seems pretty obvious. Cody wants everybody to come to the barbecue so Hunter can see everyone, but he's extremely nervous that he will spend the entire time stressing out about making sure they aren't getting exposure to the virus from each other during this barbecue. Well, the exposure to the virus came straight from Cody and Robbins. So first of all, his protocols and the detriment to the family, his rigidity caused by his guidelines was pointless. It obviously doesn't work. Yet Janelle and Christine were demeaned and shamed as lax and irresponsible in following CDC guidelines during the pandemic. And no one got sick until the exposure from Robin's house and her nanny. And by the way, Robin knew ahead of time her nanny had COVID. So why did she not test herself and her kids before the party at her house or take precautions since she knew the nanny and her husband were sick at the time she was having everyone over? Did she not want to cancel her daughter's party? It makes me wonder. Cody's an idiot and Robin a fool. Maybe they need to smoke a joint and chill out. They are like energy vampires. They're stress goblins just looking at their faces and you feel their bitter stress and resentment like dripping off of them. When do they just relax and act normal and chill? When are they unbothered and de-stressed like ever? Cody is on the way to Mary's house now. Mary reveals Cody wants to talk to her about something and she doesn't know what it is but she doesn't care. She says the fact that Cody is coming over and he's going to talk to her, that's a win, she says. I think Mary says stuff just to troll viewers. Like, is she really believing it's a win for Cody just to pass by and talk to her? Or is she smiling, saying that's a win, sarcastically and cynically, knowing viewers will think, what the fuck, Mary? I think, or I hope... This desperate enthusiasm is strictly to troll viewers. If she believes that's a win, like genuinely, that's very desperate. I doubt she's being serious. Mary mentions a few weeks ago that she and Cody had their 30th wedding anniversary, and they flash back to the scene of Mary and Cody in the car headed to their pauper's picnic for their 30th anniversary on Coyote Pass in the prairie plague-infested dirt where Cody is PMSing like a madwoman and he spends the whole time being hateful about his wives and the family and the lifestyle. He can't shut up about his displeasure with it all, his resentment. Mary tells Cody in the flashback, she's been waiting for him honestly 
And Cody tells her, and I'm not coming. And Mary says she knows that. Cody bitterly tells Mary she isn't courting him to that relationship, whatever that means. And Mary says she didn't know she was supposed to court him. Basically, in my opinion, Cody wants Mary to give his ego the equivalent of a good dick sucking over and over, feast after feast after feast. And when he feels he got enough, he will pretend to let it go that she bruised his ego. And he will then bring this up over and over and over again. And he will require more blowjobs for his ego to manipulate her behavior and to keep her going when he has no intention to ever have any type of relationship with her. This guy is very cruel and he enjoys all the knife twisting and it's like he gets joy every time he tells Mary they will never be in a relationship again. He will never let this go, not ever, unless one day maybe he needs something from her and then he will flip and he will pretend to be like totally into her. Mary deserves better in my opinion. Despite what we think about her personality and some of the more problematic aspects, she still deserves love and someone to treat her with appreciation and respect. And Cody will never be it, in my opinion. Mary says she has had a lot of people say to her, why are you still there? He clearly doesn't love you. People tell her you're brainwashed or you're just doing this because you think it's what will get you into heaven. They ask, why do you stay, Mary? And Mary says she stays because it's her family, because she has a confirmation from God that this is where she is meant to be. She says this is a very conscious choice to stay that she is making. Now, I could make all kinds of comments on my thoughts on Mary's reasons, but these are her reasons and she feels this way and that's her right for her to feel this way. And I'm just going to leave that as is. That's her right, even though obviously I will say I think she deserves better. Cody gets to Mary's house. There's no hug, nothing. Just how's it going? Like Mary is Cody's male lady. Cody says he and Mary initially sat apart at the meeting. And then he realized after talking with Mary a little bit that she was taking extreme cautions with COVID So Cody got to thinking that he and Mary don't need to sit six feet apart. So at this point, Cody was safe with Mary. He was confident in Mary following all of his COVID protocols. So why was Robin not inviting Mary over? What's the real reason? Not the bullshit excuse she gives about upsetting the other wives who do not give a fuck. What's her real reason for Mary being unwelcome if this is really all about COVID and if Cody approves of Mary and Mary is all in on the extra rules? What's the issue then? Is it that the sister's bond is one-sided and right now Mary is the one who needs support from Robin and Robin has no fucks to give about Mary and her well-being perhaps? Is it that Robin doesn't need anything out of Mary since she got her to give her the legal status years ago? Anyways, Cody reminds Mary of the Utah thing with Christine and he tells Mary he and Christine discussed that right after the law changed. Cody explains Christine wants to move to Utah and it's a challenge for them. 
because they are right in the middle of trying to divide the properties on Coyote Pass. And they are doing all of this, even struggling with where everybody is going to go on the property. But Cody is trying to fish it out to make sure they aren't all just killing Christine's dreams. He's basically doing this for show. Cody tells Mary Christine is feeling really isolated from the rest of the family because of the distance in all of their separate homes. And Cody says Christine just popped off immediately talking to Cody, saying she wanted to move back to Utah. Mary says because of actions of a senator and members of the plural community in Utah, polygamy is no longer a felony. Up there, it's more like an infraction, like a parking ticket now. Cody tells Mary he tried to be stoic with Christine, but he admits he enthusiastically was like, yeah, I'll move, I'm game. And Mary asks, really? And you can see her processing now exactly why Christine was so pissed and emotional during the look at the mountains talk. Cody admits to Mary he always wanted to move back to Utah. He even thought he would retire in St. George. Here, Cody admits in confessional, the problem is, in between the conversation he had initially with Christine privately and the conversation he had at Coyote Pass in the group setting, he started thinking about the reality of it and it looked pretty crazy to him to move. Wait. So moving to Vegas, pretending you have no choice, emotionally manipulating the kids, saying we have to move or we won't be a family anymore when it's untrue. That didn't look crazy to him. Pushing his wives to move to Flagstaff for no rational reason when no one wanted to, probably because Robin's son Dayton got accepted to college there and Robin won't let him live independently That wasn't crazy, but now this move to Utah, to St. George, where Cody admits he wants to move, suddenly seems crazy to him. Between the initial private conversation he had with Christine and the time of the group meeting, Cody drew the line. It sounded crazy. He would never move his family just because he selfishly wants something. Did Cody realize it was crazy, or did Robin crush his balls just a little tighter in that vice and tell him no fucking way. If Cody changed his mind, why didn't he at least give Christine a heads up when she was going to pitch it and say, I no longer can back this? Why wasn't he honest with her? Why did he allow her to be a lamb to the slaughter with no heads up about his change of heart? I believe, in my opinion, Cody wants to be dominant. He wants to dominate his family. And on TV, he claims Robin is the obedient wife. And I think she lets him think that. But if Robin is against something, who really wins? Who really wears the pants in the relationship between Robin and Cody? Last episode, when Cody had to go to each wife to get firm answers about Utah to put on a display of being fair to Christine... That alpha male Cody, his balls, retracted up into his body when Robin was getting her tone explaining there won't be a move. And Cody acted like a submissive, trying to placate Robin. His tone of voice changed. He even looked down. 
So is Cody the alpha male or is Cody the submissive? He wants to be the head of the family, but he allows one wife to keep his balls in a vice and his whole demeanor changes when he has to talk to Robin. Suddenly, he's taking direction from her. I think what happened is Cody wanted to move and he told Robin and Robin said no way. And Cody flipped without warning Christine first. He left her like a lamb to the slaughter, proposed the idea to the group, letting her be the bad guy, taking the ire of the wives against it. And only if it seemed possible and positive and convenient to Cody would Cody be willing to back her in my opinion. Cody is a total spineless coward. They flash back to Christine pitching the idea, proposing. She wonders why they are still here when they can move back home to Utah. Robin looks pissed. She looks constipated like she hasn't shit on the regular for years when she stares in silence after Christine's pitch. Janelle isn't having it. Mary explains once they were kicked out of Utah, she has had a feeling of, oh, well, I won't grace you with my presence then. Cody says at this group powwow, he's at a place where he feels like his kids love it in Flagstaff. And he says it's the most likely place for any of the adult kids to move back. I seriously doubt that. That actually hasn't been the case. Christine is devastated. She is in tears, in shock. She gets out. We are not moving, are we? And she breaks down in that flashback scene. Back to Mary and Cody. Cody tells Mary his whole purpose in coming by is to find out what everybody thinks. So he wanted to talk to Mary about it as well to find out what her stance is. In confessional, Mary says, hold on. Can we just hold on to the fact that Cody said he wanted to talk to me? Mary says she doesn't care what it's about, but it's the fact that Cody wanted to talk to her about something. She is there no matter what it's about, and she chuckles, delighted. Now, I think it's just like a cynical delight or like sarcasm that she's using. I don't think she's actually serious. I think she's trolling viewers like, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, he wants to talk to me. I'm there for it, no matter what it's about, as if she takes it as progress or something hopeful or positive. And I really think she's trolling viewers, knowing we will say that she's desperate to still have hope about Cody. And I think this is her way of almost poking fun at the state of things. But deep down, is she really happy being married to an invisible ghost? Mary asks Cody if when they were at Coyote Pass that day, if he was on board with Christine. Cody has to think about it, and he hesitantly says no, but he's thinking real hard, looking up, trying to figure out how to answer. And Mary tells Cody he seemed to be shutting Christine down at that pitch meeting. Cody says he was shutting her down, but he realizes... He was being a total jack wagon. Cody likes that term jack wagon. He called his wives jack wagons at the tell all, I believe. Mary says when they were at the property having this group talk with Christine about Utah, 
She had no idea that Cody was more for the move. Mary says in confessional, no wonder Christine was so upset. Mary says nobody likes it when Cody Brown goes jack wagon. Cody explains a jack wagon is the kind of guy that's a jackass or a jerk. So basically like himself. Mary asks Cody if he really wants to move back to Utah. Cody hesitates. Then he says, no, he doesn't really want to move. Listen, Cody has mentioned wanting to move back to Utah many times before. At the inn opening, he mentioned to Mariah wanting to move back. I even recall Cody mentioning he had political aspirations in Utah once, maybe twice. He doesn't want Janelle and especially Robin crucifying him. So I don't think Cody is being honest, in my opinion, at least. He says you can't beat Flagstaff, Arizona, and that they're invested in this town now. And he would say they are stuck here. They're probably stuck because Robin refuses to leave Dayton until he graduates from college. That's just my speculation and my guess. Cody doesn't know why moving to Utah is a big deal now for Christine. And he suggests maybe it's a midlife crisis Mary. Cody has been having a fucking midlife crisis for years. Christine isn't having a midlife crisis. Christine is done with Cody's bullshit and toxicity And she is not getting what she deserves. She is not getting what would fulfill her. And she's not getting her wants and needs met. And thank God she left. If anyone is in a midlife crisis, it's Kotex. With his hair with the bald patches in front, he insists on keeping long and brushing to the side to cover. And his two-door Lexus convertible with a family of 20 plus and his motorcycle he wears without a helmet when he has 20-plus dependents, as his kids have to beg for him for shoes and braces when their mom's budget runs out and just the squeakiest wheel gets the grease. So he's one to talk about Christine having a midlife crisis. His whole damn life is a midlife crisis, in my opinion. Cody tells Mary their world is so affected by the actions and the thoughts and feelings of every other member in the family. Cody says, in plural marriage, it feels like other people are in control of your life. But because Christine is the one on the outside this time, she's saying it sucks. These people control what I do in my life. I just want to also point out that Cody makes it seem like it's a democracy, like they all vote, like it's a fair vote. But there are times when Cody just does what he wants or what Robin prefers, even when outvoted. So you probably feel even less control if it's not an actual democracy that is fair and always done according to the actual votes. When one person does the vote and still decides to ignore being outvoted and to still do things his way or Robin's way, then that makes a person feel more powerless and more marginalized within the group. 
One example of Cody voting and being outvoted and still deciding to do things his way despite the democracy that they have going on is when they were moving from Utah to Vegas and three adults of the five wanted to leave earlier and Cody took the vote and he refused to honor it. He still wanted to do things his way till something pressed him to change his mind and it wasn't Cody being outvoted. That was a situation of three against two and Cody still said no to the option that got the most votes. Despite being outvoted, he said, it's my way, and Mary called Cody out. Cody had just returned from Robin's, and Robin wanted it the way Cody insisted that it would be despite the democracy and being outvoted. And Mary told Cody it was three to two, and she asked why he wasn't being fair. Why was he rigid on this? And she asked if it was because he had just come from Robbins and that was what Robin wanted. In a true democracy, whoever gets the most votes wins. You don't get to vote and have three against two and say, oh, well, we will do what I prefer regardless. That's a dictatorship then. That's not a democracy. And that's not a situation where every voice matters the same equally. Christine says the family has always been run on a committee and sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Janelle says plural marriage is definitely not easy for everybody. And when you sign up, you have to go into it eyes wide open, knowing that you have to become more easy about things and you have to trust that everything will be okay, and that somebody has your back and that God is in control. Now, to me, the vibe I get from what Janelle said is, you have to become accustomed to the idea of not getting your way. You have to get used to not being heard. And you feel so powerless and so controlled in the lifestyle because you give control to the other adults who will make the votes for what you do with your own life. So you feel no control. You feel powerless. And you try to have faith that another adult in the family will have your back. And you just realize you have no actual control. Your voice doesn't actually matter most of the time. So you make the excuse that God is in control to feel better about it. And you learn to accept whatever because there's no choice most of the time. And most of the time you don't get what you want. That sounds like, to me, accepting less than you deserve, and it sounds like mental gymnastics to me. Mary says, not everybody is always going to be happy about a decision in plural marriage, but it comes down to how committed you are to the family and making things work. Robin says, it can be frustrating to bring an idea to the group and to have it be shot down. Robin asks, Do your sister wives care enough about you to really listen to what it is that you want, consider it, and respect it? Right. So like when Mary wanted to pursue finishing school, it was a personal goal of her she wanted to fulfill, and it gave her purpose. She was working with Robin for the failed My Sister Wives closet at the time, which was Robin's dream, and Mary let Robin know she would have to stop or give a significantly less amount of time 
to Robin's dream to do her dream of school. And Robin acted pissed and frustrated because Mary leaving would not coincide with her wanting less work and to have more babies. So instead of being supportive, Robin seemed angry and pissed for her sister wife. It didn't seem like she cared enough about Mary to set what was most convenient for her aside for Mary to pursue her dream. Robin brought up her frustrations with Mary rather than just encouraging her. Robin's primary concern wasn't Mary's fulfillment and happiness in life, but how she would lose Mary and have to work harder when she wanted to have more kids, and Mary leaving made it harder on her. But apparently, Robin is an expert on how sister wives should function and handle things, because Robin is the best sister wife ever. She knows how to do it best, of course. Also, how often are Robin's ideas shot down? When Robin wants things, she goes to Cody and she makes sure Cody makes it happen. Robin got my sister wife's closet. She got Flagstaff for Dayton, in my opinion. I can think of no other reason why they would logically move there specifically other than that. Mary tells Cody, thinking of moving to Utah, her gut instinct is, hell no, not interested. Mary never had the desire to move back. Cody is laughing cynically, throwing his hands up in confessional, asking why he is torturing himself when it's just everyone making sure they are sure they don't want to move. Mary tells Cody she feels bad saying no because she knows how important it is to Christine. Mary tells Cody she hates the fact that Christine might be feeling trapped and she doesn't know if that's how Christine feels, but Mary wonders. Mary says she has no idea what's going on between Christine and Cody and she knows that that day out on the property, Christine was really hurting. They show the Just Look at the Mountains flashback that reminds me of Carol telling Lizzie to just look at the flowers. Mary has her arm around Christine and she tells her she can't do marriage with Cody anymore. She's sobbing and Mary tells her, just look at the mountain. Christine insists, I don't want to do it anymore. And Mary tells her, don't talk about that. Just look at the mountain. That's what you saw on that day. And Mary is referring to the day Christine said she heard angels singing on Coyote Pass. Christine says she can't go there today and she's absolutely gutted. Mary says when she was in her super, super dark time, she got in a situation where she was talking to somebody who was not who they say they were. And it got to be very manipulative and it was a very controlling situation. Mary really, really appreciated Robin being there and being a support. Robin helping her fight through all the crap. And so the fact that Christine was able to open up to her that day, Mary really appreciated. But she hopes Christine knows she is here. So Mary is here for Christine, but at the tell-all, she also, like Robin, accused Christine of being the one at fault and the one who wasn't working hard enough. She said, Christine has to look inward and self-reflect and do the hard work 
instead of blaming others for her failed relationship, instead of looking outward at others. So basically she's saying Cody isn't at fault. It's Christine and her fault and not trying hard enough. And she needs to self-reflect and look inward. That's why her marriage didn't work. Coming from Mary, a woman who can't self-reflect herself to look inward and admit that if the catfish were a real dream man, she would have easily ditched Cody, no question. Cody mentions to Mary how Christine really struggled in Vegas for those first two years. He asks Mary if it's worse now for all of them than it was in those first two years in Vegas. Mary thinks it's very different up until that point in Vegas. They had all been together and then they were all separate. And Mary thinks they all got very comfortable with it now. And all four of them now are just comfortable being by themselves. And because of that, Mary doesn't feel like it's harder on all of them. And that's disturbing to her. Mary thinks it's very important for plural wives to have a balance. They don't always have to be together all of the time. They don't have to be best friends. Mary says they don't have to do any of that, but they also need to have the relationships within the family. Mary tells Cody she thinks they all just got selfish. And Cody says the question he has is, did they all really like living next to each other in Vegas? Because it seems to him like they don't miss it now that they're in Flagstaff. Cody asks, do you like each other? Do you guys want to be around each other? Cody knows he's being accusatory, but he doesn't believe his wives do. Cody says he has known guys who have had wives that live in different states. Cody suggests who's to say that Mary couldn't live in Parowan? And Christine couldn't live in Salt Lake. And who's to say that since Janelle and Robin love it so much in Flagstaff, they couldn't stay there. Let's remember, Cody has said his family is an obstacle to his goals in life. His wives and kids are obstacles to his goals in life. His main accomplishment in life is this reality show based on his polygamous lifestyle and his family and his wives and kids. Without them, he wouldn't have that. Everything Cody has is because of his family, but they are his obstacle according to him. So one has to ask what Cody's goal actually is. What kind of goal in life does Cody have that his family would hinder or be an obstacle to? I can't imagine what kind of a goal that would be. We know with Cody's mandates, Cody is no virologist, of course, but as soon as the pandemic hit, Cody played up his fear and he used it as an excuse to create his own rules that, in my opinion, like I've said a million times, are intentionally impossible to follow. And Cody did this knowing his wives and kids wouldn't all be able to comply. Then he used that as a justification for living monogamously with Robin because of the fear and the safety and his family refusing to obey his protocols because the CDC guidelines weren't sufficient for Cody because Cody, the used car salesman, finally got his degree and now he's an accomplished virologist. 
And we all need to congratulate Cody for a moment on that achievement. I'm sure it was years of school to get that. When Cody gets called out for being absent and living monogamy, he deflects that his wives are lax and irresponsible when it comes to COVID. Just following the piddling CDC, Cody knows better. He has an education in virology. He knows better than the CDC, apparently. Here he says he would be cool with Janelle and Robin staying in Flagstaff and Mary living in Parowan at her inn and Christine living in Utah. And I think Cody wants that. In fact, Cody would love that. He wants his wives to leave, in my opinion. Cody systematically tries pushing the wives out, and he uses the same pattern each time, in my opinion. With Mary, we learn over a decade ago, he stopped intimacy. He distances from his wives. He neglects. He tries to manipulate. He emotionally abandons. He tried with Mary. He relegated Mary to a barely tolerated acquaintance, and still she won't go. Even when Cody is cruel, every chance he gets, Mary has remained like a thorn in his side. Cody tried the same pattern with Christine, and Christine left when Cody tried removing intimacy completely. It was the straw that broke the camel's back, among other things like the Utah move, Isabel's surgery, and on and on and on. Cody doesn't want to live this way. I don't think he wants to live polygamy anymore, but he also wants to get into heaven too. He said last tell-all, he cannot leave them. He cannot leave his wives. If they stay spiritually married to Cody and they move away, Cody can get to heaven without having to tolerate his wives. He won't feel like he has to turn in his math homework on nights when he's not with Robin. On the tell-all, Cody made clear the marriages were just commitments, like obligations to him. He had to keep these commitments and obligations. He admitted to really not being in love with his wives, more or less, uh, save Robin. Let's not include Robin in that. Cody says... He can't divorce his wives, but they can leave him. So I believe Cody wants to try to motivate his wives to leave. He uses the same cycle on them all systematically. Mary won't go. Christine left, and I am so happy for her. With Janelle, last tell-all, Janelle called Cody her best friend. And Cody said they weren't in sync, they weren't in tune, And when asked if he was in love with Janelle, he deflected. He asked the host to ask Janelle because Janelle will tell her she isn't in love with him. He said they weren't in sync with each other despite Janelle saying that they are still best friends. So things are rocky with Cody and Janelle. They aren't on the same page. I think if Cody's wives, Mary and Christine, moved but stayed spiritually married to him, Cody would love it because he could still get to heaven and he wouldn't be bothered by the obligation of dealing with them any longer. When Cody says his family is an obstacle to his goals in life, I think Cody wants monogamy with Robin and I think he wants to be free of his obligations and he can't leave his wives but they can leave him. 
So Cody is trying to make it happen, in my opinion. Christine says, if you're living in separate states, she doesn't see how that's a fully functioning marriage. Robin says, if Cody decided to move and he just doesn't care what she thinks or feels, she would still go with him. She'd do what she needed to do. First of all, in my opinion, none of the moves that they made were pitched to the group before Robin, the soulmate, signed off. Robin probably had a lot to do with each move and she probably was an influence behind some of the places Cody chose. With Vegas, her dad worked there previously. And with Flagstaff, it was randomly pitched right when Dayton got accepted to school there. Robin says she would go, but if Cody said, we are going to Utah, that's it, I put my foot down, we're all going, would Robin really go? I really don't think so. Cody already decided to move twice without caring what his wives think or what they feel. They protested, but they all went. So Robin acting like she's the only one who would do that is ridiculous. All of Cody's wives have done it all of their lives. But in my opinion, Robin wouldn't just follow Cody even if she doesn't want to go and she's not in agreement, I don't think. Janelle doesn't think it's healthy to be married and to live in separate states. She says, if you want to be part of a cohesive family, you can't live that far apart from each other. Mary says, The idea of being married to Cody and living in a different state is pretty stupid. And Mary mentions she considers it coming from this place of a fractured relationship. She asks, would it be any different if I lived up at my Airbnb? She answers, no, it wouldn't. But she says, you know what? It wouldn't help our relationship because I would be that far away. Cody leaves Mary's and he actually gives her a full frontal hug. Cody says at this point in his life, this relationship with Mary is where he has an amiable relationship with her. With no desire or interest in a romantic relationship. And Cody doesn't know how to continue moving forward. But now... He says that they're in actually a much better relationship than they had, but it's just not romantic and it will never be romantic. Every chance he gets, Cody loves to mention that him and Mary do not go to pound town. They don't have sex. They don't have intimacy. He doesn't even see her on (laughs) her nights. He doesn't see her in the rotation. He never sees her. He might call her, you know, if it has to do with the family. Like, they don't have a relationship at all. Cody loves to make it clear every chance he gets, I have no interest in anything romantic, anything at all with Mary. This is never going to go anywhere. It's going to always be like this. He makes it clear every chance he gets. He sticks the knife in. Oh, we're not romantic. We're not intimate. We're not intimate. I wouldn't touch her with a 10-foot pole. Viewers know, everyone has known for like years that Cody refuses to be intimate with Mary and that they don't have a romantic relationship, that it's technically like they're separated even though she's still married to him and won't leave. Everybody knows this, 
Yet every chance he gets, he likes to mention it. And it's very weird that he likes being that cruel. Janelle says university is starting early this year. So everybody is back in town, including Gabe's girlfriend. So there is more exposure and there are more factors that they can't account for. So Janelle needs to talk to Gabe about this. Janelle suggests that Gabe stay in his apartment and that he doesn't come in the house for a few weeks since his girlfriend is back and since he is in school getting more exposure. Janelle says since COVID began, they've been struggling to figure out how to manage Garrison and Gabriel's activities outside of the home. They have friends and Garrison works and Gabe has school to attend. Janelle says that doesn't all mesh with what Cody perceives as the way to handle the risk. Janelle explains she has this little apartment attached to the house that she rents and Gabe could live there and he would be self-sufficient. He has a washer and a dryer and his own bathroom and kitchen, but it'll be a change because Janelle will see Gabe come and go and she'll see his car in the driveway but Gabe won't be coming over. Janelle is probably just doing this in the hopes that Cody will come around to see her and probably mostly Savannah. I don't feel like Janelle genuinely wants Gabe to stay shut in that apartment. I think she just is trying to appease or please Cody so he will include her house in the rotation, probably for Savannah's sake. Janelle explains to Gabe that his dad is more careful. And Gabe says, yeah, and his face looks super resentful because he knows Janelle is doing this not for her safety or her benefit, but to please Cody so he comes to see his mom and his sister. No wonder the older kids barely talk to Cody per last tell-all. Janelle explains to Gabe, She is just trying to make sure that Cody feels comfortable coming to her house and that they are protecting everybody in the family. Gabe asks, so if Cody comes within two weeks, I won't be able to see him? And Janelle says, yeah. Gabe looks so pissed and so hurt by this bullshit because Gabe knows this is utter garbage. Garrison explains, now that the summer is over and cases are going down, things are starting to get heated with his dad. Gabe is a straight shooter. He explains, he's pissed. He thinks they should all be together. Gabe literally doesn't get why they are all quarantining separately. Janelle tells Gabe it's just about the girlfriend. Gabe tells Janelle Theoretically, the only way to actually be able to see his dad is to get COVID. Janelle laughs and Gabe tells Janelle to think about it. Gabe says they'll be immune and then they can just go hang out with their dad anytime because their dad won't have to worry about catching COVID from them if they've already had it. Janelle says it's scary. It could kill her. Jokingly, Gabe tells Janelle, cough in my mouth. Janelle explains, Gabe is just blowing off a little steam because it's been a rough several months of this whole distance. Can we be together? Can we not be together? It's been a lot. 
Gabe tells his mom he still thinks they should be safe. They should be careful. But he says if he ends up getting COVID and then he recovers, if that doesn't change the game, then this was never about COVID at all in the first place. And Janelle tells Gabe she knows. Bingo. Exactly. Gabe is super smart and he knows exactly what his dad and Sabin are doing with intention. And he's calling it out. Janelle says Cody still loves his boys, but he doesn't trust them as far as what they say their exposure is or if they're hanging out with friends or not. Oh, because Cody is concerned about the whole family and possibly picking up the virus at Janelle's house inadvertently and transferring it to other family members, she doesn't know if Cody will feel comfortable, even in a couple of weeks, to be around Gabe. Gabe complains to his mom that there are no rules set up here. Janelle knows. Gabe says, it's just like his dad says, I can't see anyone. Sorry, bye. See you at Christmas. Janelle is frustrated. She explains to Gabe she spent months trying to make her case and she just kept hitting a brick wall. So she finally thought it wasn't worth the damage to the relationships to keep butting her head against this wall. Gabe asks his mom if it's damaging to the relationships that they don't ever get to see each other. Janelle agrees, but she insists they will survive it. Gabe suggests they would probably survive COVID too. In this case, COVID, in my opinion, would be less detrimental to the damage this has done to the family and the dynamic, all because of the way Cody has handled this, really. Gabe thinks it's dumb, not the COVID precautions. He gets that, but the fact... That they aren't doing this as a family. It's absolutely absurd, Gabe says. Gabe asks, he asks his mom, is it Robin or is it dad? And Janelle tells Gabe she thinks it's his dad. And Gabe looks at his mom like, be real, please. He knows it's Robin. And I think Janelle knows it's Robin too. Janelle tries to convince Gabe she really thinks it's his dad because Cody has been talking to his doctor and he has all these ideas about what the rules need to be. Janelle assures Gabe Cody is an independent decision maker. He better not be or Robin's going to tighten that vice. Gabe tells his mom that his dad is also a freedom lover And this isn't very free of him. Gabe knows Robin has his dad's balls in a vice and that Kotex isn't coming up with this COVID bullshit protocol on his own. It reeks of Robin. It's very rigid and uptight and constipated like that stick that's gorilla glued up there. That woman probably hasn't taken an easy shit in the last decade. Gabe knows it. Gabe is smart. He has Robin's number, in my opinion. Janelle tells Gabe she doesn't know what to say. 
She probably would love to agree with her son, but she feels probably that she should be diplomatic. Janelle thinks Gabe should choose his girlfriend over his dad. She says he can always talk to his dad. His dad calls the kids on the phone. At this stage of life, Janelle personally thinks Gabe should be pursuing his life. She thinks making your adult kids stay home is detrimental. And I agree with Janelle. Go, Janelle. I was happy when Gabe called his dad out and he called Robin out. And now Janelle is being honest about her kids versus Cody. And I appreciate that she stands up for her kids and she is candid with her thoughts on this. And I agree with her, of course. Cody is prepping for Hunter's cookout, so he's headed to Robin's to get the tools and equipment he needs to build bigger, better fires. Cody explains to Robin that he is building two other fire pits and he asks, almost in a supplicant's tone, if he does that, will Robin let Saul and Ari come? Notice how Cody would love for his children. He wants them attending. He doesn't dictate to Robin, though. He asks Robin permission. He tells Robin, well, I'm doing extra fire pits to be safer. So please, can you let our kids please come see? His different tone with Robin versus any other wife is incredibly noticeable and obvious. Robin is hesitant. She doesn't want to say yes. Cody insists he will help corral the kids. And Robin explains to Cody her thing with Sal and Ari is if they are sitting there struggling because they can't go to hug somebody or play with somebody, she wonders if Cody thinks they should still go. Robin reminds Cody that Sal and Ari were so upset when they couldn't play with Truly. Robin explains during their birthday week in April, Christine came over with her girls and they stayed socially distanced. And it was really difficult for Saul and Ari and Truly to not hug and play. It was really emotional for them. Everything is always high emotions at Robin's house because Robin is always overly emotional up and down herself. And she has a lot of fear and panic and anxiety. So the kids see Robin act that way and then they will also be overly emotional themselves. I can understand the kids being emotional and not understanding why they can't hug and play. But also, all of Robin's kids seem to be very emotional because, in my opinion, she is always emotional herself, so she displays that and the kids follow. Robin tells Cody she needs others, the older kids and parents, to be mindful. That would help Robin, so she isn't having to be the bad guy with Ari and corral her every single time. She hates doing that. Robin wants to be lazy in my opinion and she doesn't want to be the one telling her kids no when all the other moms don't mind. I love how she tells Cody what she needs from him and what she needs from the family. But what does she do for the family other than ruin the dynamic? We all know Robin had a hand in these COVID protocols too, big time in my opinion. And we know how anxious and fearful and paranoid she is with or without COVID in general. So I would find it hard to believe this COVID bullshit is all Cody's doing single-handedly. 
In my opinion, I think Robin whispers and Cody follows and look at the damage. His older kids won't even talk to him. Cody says there's an apprehension and tension every time they start talking about this because there is a lack of trust in the family. Cody mentions that Saul had RSV when he was little and COVID affects the lungs and kidneys. Truly had kidney failure, so Cody is concerned about some of his kids. He says he's concerned if some of the kids are not following their COVID protocols, they could put some of the little kids at risk. So Cody begs his kids, please, can you just conform? Cody explains to Robin that Mary has been quarantined for literally weeks. So he asks if Robin would be comfortable with Mary helping out with Ari and Saul. He asks if maybe Ari can sit in Mary's lap because she's been quarantined. And Robin doesn't know. She would be great with that, but she doesn't know how everybody else will view that. Robin would love to be able to interact with Mary, she says. She would love to have the kids interact with Mary, but she wonders how the other wives and kids will take it if, all of a sudden, Cody says, Mary, Robin, and the kids can all interact and touch. They can touch each other. They can interact. No social distancing, but no one else. Robin doesn't think that this is the right time to throw that in there because they've never discussed it. I think Robin doesn't trust Mary, and I don't think she wants her there for whatever reason. I think if Robin wanted Mary around, she would have Mary there. Even Cody is telling Robin, it's okay, Mary is safe. So if Cody is good with it and Robin is still resistant, it's not about COVID. None of this is about COVID in my opinion. It's about Robin in my opinion. Cody tells Robin Mary will have to sit at one of the fires of the other wives because there will only be three fires. He suggests that Mary will have to sit at one of the fires and in my opinion, that's Cody's way of suggesting that Mary be allowed to sit at their fire. But Robin ignores it and she says, Mary is really good at social distancing and being careful, but Robin doesn't know how that will come across to everybody else. Robin wonders if it will be a thing that makes everybody feel like they don't have to follow the rules, and they do. And Cody says, now is not the time to modify the rules. And Robin adamantly agrees, of course. Robin says this needs to be a nice, happy family experience for Hunter. Cody says if the whole family wanted to quarantine and stay home, and order out their groceries, have them delivered with no traveling, if everybody wanted to do that and be held hostage in their homes, it would change the disposition and the whole family could then get together. But more than half of the family is unwilling to do that. They aren't willing to quarantine to that degree to Cody's chagrin. It's not just them being unwilling. People have jobs and life responsibilities and obligations and college. And it goes on pandemic or not. 
Cody can't expect every member of the family and every older kid to forego work and school and their responsibilities to just sit home. You still have to live and continue living responsibly, pandemic or not. You can't sit hostage in your home. If you have work and school and other responsibilities still going on, you have to attend to. Robin tells Cody she has been so careful to follow his rules because she knows Saul and Ari can't be away from him for the two weeks that he has done with other people because they are traveling or because they have people in town. Robin here, in my opinion, wants to make it look like she too is being pressed and backed into a corner, forced to follow Cody's rules. In my opinion, Robin probably helped Cody come up with the rules. She wants these rules or she wouldn't follow them. Robin is making it seem like she is willing to sacrifice to not upset her precious kids. So she is willing to sacrifice and follow these rules just so her kids are always able to see Cody. And she's making it seem like the other wives must care less if Cody sees his other kids or they would make the same sacrifice like her, the obedient wife. Robin complained that Cody had to quarantine for two weeks if he sees another wife who travels or who has house guests. And it's too much for her kids to bear to be away from Cody for that long. Maybe that's why Cody lived monogamy with Robin during the pandemic. Because Saul and Ari and Robin and their feelings were more important to Cody than any of his other wives and kids. They mattered more to Cody than any of his other wives and kids. And Cody couldn't do the two-week quarantine to to see any of the other wives and kids Because it upsets Saul and Ari so much. Is that why he didn't go with Isabel to her life-threatening major surgery? Cody explains he is trying to check this with his other wives, asking, Are you sure we're doing the right thing? He says, obviously, Christine doesn't think they're doing the right thing because Christine is traveling and going different places. The audacity of that. Cody wants to suggest that he is responsible and his other wives aren't responsible when let's remember again, he and Robin are the point of exposure for COVID in the family through the nanny. Cody says Janelle is back and forth and Mary is obviously willing to quarantine so she can hang out with Robin who, by the way, refused to let Mary come over regardless, making bullshit excuses about the other wives possibly getting upset at why Mary is allowed over and they aren't. When, in reality, the whole time Janelle and Christine were getting together with their kids, had assumed that Mary was welcome at Robin's and that they were hanging out separately together, just like Christine and Janelle were. And they were shocked to find out that Mary had been alone and isolated all that time 
and that she wasn't welcome at Robin's house. Cody points out Robin thinks they're doing the right thing because she has been sequestered this whole time, of course, with her adult children and her little ones. Cody just thought if everybody would just do that, then they will all see each other all of the time. Robin tells Cody everybody should have their choice. So she guesses that was the choice everybody got to make. It was, do they stick to Cody's rules or don't they? Do we all unite on this or don't we? And Robin guesses the freedom that everybody wanted was more important. And that's okay, she says. Cody laments it hasn't been easy on him at all. And Robin understands. She says the decisions that everybody is making about COVID have Cody giving up on the family culture and the structure they have. And it's really, really been hard. It's shocking to Robin every time Cody talks like that. She acts like she will start crying here. And she says she's trying not to take it seriously. And she's trying to let Cody process through thinking maybe it's just COVID, but it's been really, really difficult. I think Robin totally came up with the COVID rules. And I think she is the one saying to Cody, look how I obey you because I care most about our family. Your other wives, they don't really care. They care more about their freedom. How could they pick that over you, over us, over our family? And then it gets Cody more stirred up. And then he complains that Robin is the only wife who obeys him. And he's pissed. He is no longer the family's authority and head and leader. The way Robin framed that freedom was more important to the others, it was as if she was trying to imply, look at me. I'm all for the family. I have better morals and priorities. I choose the family. I choose Cody. Everyone else doesn't. And she puts this shit in Cody's head and then it causes more issues with the dynamic. And then Cody complains and Robin probably tells Cody, see how your wives have the wrong priorities? I picked the family when from day one, we all know she came in and her priority was Cody and her individual marriage and herself and her kids not the family, her romantic relationship, and Cody became her priority. And Cody made Robin his priority. And then the family went to shit because all the adults no longer share the same priority of the family over the self. And it started with Robin and her entrance into the family, in my opinion. And she may obey Cody and feed his ego, but in the end, I believe she is his manipulator too. Is Cody an alpha male or a submissive? Is Robin a shit stirrer or an emotional empath? Cody is working with his boys on Coyote Pass, digging the fire pits to gather for Hunter's farewell dinner before he leaves for Baltimore. Janelle says it's the first time they're all getting together as a family in five months and Janelle is really excited. It's relief for her. She is looking forward to the moment when they can all relax on the property and be in each other's company again. 
Janelle warns her boys to be respectful and to stay socially distanced. Gabe says they know, and Hunter knows too. Gabe is very sweet with his mom. He hugs his mom and he assures her he is going to do it. Janelle wants to make sure it's a successful gathering and that they do it again. Hunter has already told his dad he thinks social distancing as a family is dumb. He thinks it's stupid. He says it's the parent's decision, so he will stand by that. But he doesn't know when he'll be home next. So he's trying to just enjoy the time he has with the family. Christine says things between herself and Cody are stiff right now. But it's a family barbecue and haven't gotten together for so long. So all of that is just put away. Robin says they haven't all been on the same page about how to manage COVID. So she's hoping that everybody can kind of just respect Cody's wishes. Does she mean her wishes about how they do this today? So maybe they can do it again. Mary is excited to see everybody. She says it will be kind of a big bummer that they can't do all the hugs because she is so ready for a hug. But it's still good to see everybody together. Christine thinks Cody needs one more fire pit and one more table since there are three fire pits and four wives. If I was Mary, I would not be having it. If every wife gets a table and a fire and has to socially distance, and I don't have my own table and fire, and I'm expected to stay socially distanced from everyone, I'd feel like a total outsider. Christine thinks it's strange, the setup, since they all have to stay separated. She's glad Cody has three separate fire pits, but they need one more, and I agree with Christine. Mary insists, however, she doesn't need a fire pit. It's just her. She says she probably won't even have a s'more. Christine shares the news that Isabel is getting her back surgery and they have an appointment six weeks away for Isabel's scoliosis. She's had it for four years now and she has been in unbearable pain. So finally, they have the date set. Christine explains it's a special surgery where they go through Isabel's side and she will have a four-inch scar under her arm. Hondra tells Isabel scars are bad ass, and he corrects himself to bad A, and he apologizes, probably for Robin's sake. Christine, in confessional, says, don't tell Cody this, it's a secret. But she's agreed to let Isabel get a tattoo to cover her scar. Christine says when she was raised... The way she was raised, tattoos were extremely forbidden. And Cody is so adamantly opposed to tattoos. But Christine doubts Isabel has even told Cody. But she's going to be 18 and she's moving out. So how Cody feels about it doesn't really matter, Christine says, because Isabel won't be living at home when she gets it done. Christine explains... I just want to point out that Cody is very resistant from the start to Isabel getting this surgery. 
And he even to try and deter her, even though she was in pain and she knows she's going to need this surgery, he told Isabel she would be left with a very ugly scar if she got the surgery. That's a requirement. So I like that Hunter said scars are badass and Gabe backed him up. I like that her siblings are being very supportive of Isabel. Scene explains, rather than using rods, they will use fibers for Isabel's surgery. So they will screw fibers into her spine instead of using huge rods. So Isabel will have more movement. And the fibers can snap, but they use so many that even when they snap, it's okay. Christine says, even though it's COVID right now, they are still going to go get the surgery. And Cody can't come with them for the surgery because of COVID. And he would love to come if they waited. So Cody could come too. But waiting isn't an option. Isabel is in too much pain and they need to get it done. Isabel is very sad about her dad not going with them and she really wants her dad to be there so badly. And Christine says, that's the hardest part right there, that Cody can't come to the surgery. We all know the first thing Isabel asked for when she woke up from anesthesia was Cody. And Cody wasn't there. Is it that Cody can't come or that he won't come? Cody can come, in my opinion. He has absolutely nothing stopping him. Not even COVID. In my opinion, Cody doesn't value Isabel enough to inconvenience himself. What's sad is Isabel really values her dad and she wants her dad to treat her like she matters, like she's important to him. But unfortunately, Saul and Ari can't be away from Cody for more than two weeks, even for Isabel's life-threatening surgery. Robin doesn't like when her kids miss Cody, apparently not even for life-threatening surgery for his other child, just in my opinion. Also, Cody tends, in my opinion, to take it out on his kids when he has a rocky relationship with a wife. And Cody not going to this surgery, I believe, is his way of taking it out on his kids. And that's very unfair that just because he has a rocky relationship with Christine, he thinks that makes it okay for him not to attend this surgery. Isabel doesn't deserve that. None of his kids deserve that. All of his kids deserve a father who is fully invested in them and shows up regardless of his relationship with their mom. Cody wants to be a leader of the family. He wants to be a respected head of the family. But he doesn't behave like one, in my opinion. Hunter is very excited for Isabel, and Gabe tells her it'll be awesome. And Cody interjects, what's great about it is there will be a lower rate of infection and a lower need to redo the surgery this way with the fibers. Cody says Isabel and Christine will be gone for a month. And they'll have to quarantine before and after. So it's a six-week process. And unfortunately, it's not good for Cody to be away from all the rest of the family for that length of time. 
Cody doesn't need to be gone for six weeks. He can go for the surgery, stay a week, just make sure things are okay, and come home. If Cody wanted to be there, he would be. There is no excuse for this. And by the way, the only family Cody is seeing during this time is Robin's family. He can't go to Janelle's. He doesn't go to Mary's. And Christine is with her daughter at the surgery. So the only family he would be away from is Robin's family. And she doesn't like Cody to be away more than a few days or her kids get upset. In my opinion, this is about Cody not leaving Robin, Saul, and Ari and him prioritizing that. And that's also more convenient for him. This is a life-threatening surgery. This is his daughter. He couldn't even go to support his wife. Why? Because the relationship is rocky? That's not an excuse. Cody easily could have got his ass on a plane, stayed a couple days, and then flew back and quarantined if it was such an issue. Or he could take a rapid COVID test to be sure that he could go and that he could come back and that he could be safe. He doesn't want to go, end of story, or he would be there. It's not about the other family or his responsibilities. This is about Cody not wanting to be inconvenienced. He doesn't care that much about Isabel and Christine because his relationship is rocky with Christine. He doesn't feel it's necessary to go to be supportive of her and his daughter. And this is probably about Robin insisting Cody isn't to leave Saul and Ari for too long, in my opinion. When Isabel woke up and the first thing she asked for was Cody, her dad, and he wasn't there, Isabel will remember that all of her life. In my opinion, Cody isn't a good dad or husband. There is zero excuse to not be there for his wife, regardless of the state of the relationship, and to be there for his daughter. This is a big, major, life-threatening surgery. No one asked him to stay all six weeks, but Cody could have been there for a few days. And if he can't quarantine, he could take a COVID test. He could be there. He didn't want to be there. And that shows you the level of this man's character and also how selfish Robin is. This surgery is more important than Cody being there with Saul and Ari and them being upset for a few days missing their dad. They won't even remember those few days in a few days. Isabel will remember this her whole life. Robin says that they have all been on this journey with Isabel as she has gone through her scoliosis issues. So everybody is excited and the kids are all rooting for Isabel. Robin, in my opinion, is a big reason why Cody didn't go to Isabel's surgery. The inconvenience to him is part of it, but also, if Robin said to Cody, you should go or go, the kids and I will be fine, I wonder, would Cody have gone? Would Cody have used the excuse that he can't be away from the rest of the family for that long, when the only rest of the family he was actually seeing was Robin and her kids? Let's remember, Cody wouldn't need to be gone the whole six weeks. And the only family he sees is Robin and the kids, really. So that's his excuse of who he can't be away from. 
And now Robin wants to act like she has been on this journey with Isabel, blah, blah, blah. When Isabel was recovering and she wanted to see Cody and her siblings, Robin allowed the nanny in her house, but not Isabel. And here she wants to claim she is a part of Isabel's journey. Christine admits she and her kids have hung out at Janelle's a few times. And the producer asks if they were socially distancing. And Christine says no. She says she had to choose and it came down to choosing between Janelle and Cody. And Christine chose Janelle sometimes. Janelle loves the barbecue. It feels normal. Everyone is jovial and together. It's wonderful. Robin, the fun police, keeps pestering her kids about staying six feet apart. You know what? I don't get. The realtor warned them not to play in the dirt or get it on them or get it in their mouth because the dirt is infested with prairie dog plague. And Robin and Cody have no problem with the kids playing in the dirt running around. But COVID, they are terrified of. Cody even plunged into the drainage ditch, knowing it's a bacterial stew, and his kids jumped in too. Robin complains it's stressful being the fun police. She is supposed to help the kids maintain the six feet protocol. And it's not part of the children's nature. It's not normal. Mary reminds Truly not to get too close to Saul and Ari when running around. And Robin asks Mary to tell the kids to keep apart, which she was doing. Paranoid Robin warns Truly if Ari starts walking towards her, Truly should back up. In my opinion, this is overboard. I would let my kids play within reason. I'd rather deal with COVID than restrict the kids to the point where they are stressed and emotional and anxious. I hope not, but I wouldn't be too surprised if these kids develop anxiety as adults. This is not healthy the way this is going down. In my opinion, this is less healthy emotionally and it's more emotionally and physically taxing on them than probably getting COVID would be, in my opinion. Mary is already watching the kids, but Robin watches Mary watching the kids, and she warns Ari to keep her distance. Robin is trying not to get frustrated because she doesn't want to ruin the experience for everybody, but she says she is the one chasing the kids just as she predicted. Not true. Mary is chasing the kids, watching them, but Robin doesn't trust Mary. So Robin is watching Mary watch the kids, inserting herself every second. Do this, don't do that. Back up, distance, killing herself. And that's her choice to behave like a paranoid nut if she wants to. But Mary is there and Mary is doing a fine job. They are kids. Let them play. This is insane to take it this far. Chasing the kids herself is what Robin thought was going to happen. And she's super frustrated that she had to do that. Mary is doing it. But Robin really doesn't trust Mary. She wants to be overly anal. So this is all happening that Robin has to be the one to chase the kids Because that stick is cemented in her ass, 
in my opinion. It's Gorilla Glued in there. And she is insisting on doing it because she doesn't trust Mary. Mary lets Robin know she is really trying her best. I didn't see Robin say thank you once. She only complained about all she had to do and how put out she was by doing it. Mary explains, Ari is only four and Ari and Saul are always around each other all the time. And now they're playing with Truly who Ari has to distance from and Mary has to also distance from them and watch them all at the same time. Mary gets it's difficult for the kids because it's not normal kid behavior to socially distance. I love in confessional how Robin complains she had to watch the kids just like she thought, like she's annoyed. Mary isn't chopped liver. Mary went out of her way to help supervise the kids and she didn't have to do that. She got no mention. She got no appreciation as if Robin was policing alone when Mary did the majority of the work, in my opinion. Robin has managed to stress Saul to tears. Saul is crying that he wants to keep playing and Robin tells him she knows he wants to keep playing, but they have to stay distant and play. Robin coddles her kids way too much. So simple things become tears and meltdowns and stress and emotions, in my opinion, because the kids see their mom behave emotionally as well. And because she is so uptight and always suffocating with them, they get overstressed. Saul is in tears, telling his mom he is trying to stay distant. Robin says she is just the big jerk yelling at her kids to stay away that she knows they are their brothers and sisters and they all love each other, but they can't touch each other. Robin frustratedly tells Cody she is trying as hard as she can to follow the rules. And Cody tells Robin he is really aware that she is doing that. And Cody tells Robin he was supposed to be helping her and he admits he checked out. Cody asks in confessional, who wants to sit and abide by these protocols for four months and then get sick once just because they let their guard down? We should ask Cody that question because the whole point of exposure for the family, in spite of all of his trifling COVID bullshit, is Cody and Robin's house and her nanny because karma, really, in my opinion. Just imagine for a moment if the point of COVID exposure came from Christine or Janelle's house, how Cody and Robin would behave. Cody realizes it's a burden to Robin to do this. And Garrison weren't socially distanced. And Janelle notices, so she warns them to respect Robin. Cody shouts at Saul and Truly, who were not six feet apart. And Christine tells Truly in a positive voice to make sure she keeps her distance. And Christine reassures Truly that she's the best with positivity instead of yelling or using a negative tone. Christine says, Truly has really missed everyone so much. She has missed Saul and Ari a lot. So they will do their best to maintain distance 
but truly is really glad to be there with everybody. Cody brings Mary a s'more and Mary asks, you did that for me? And Mary reveals a secret in confessional that she saw Robin tell Cody to make the s'more for her. Mary is okay with that because Cody still made her a s'more. Well, but it wasn't genuine. It didn't come from Cody. It didn't come from his heart and from his being. It came at the direction of Robin. So in my opinion, it means absolutely zero. Mary tells Cody the s'more is divine, as if she's having French pastry or something, or she's never had a s'more in her life, really boosting Cody's ego. Mary says, this is what it's all about for her. They're all meant to have each other's backs. The producer tells Robin, Mary said, that she's the one that put Cody up to the s'more making. And Robin says she doesn't know what he's talking about, jokingly, of course. Christine says they haven't done anything together as a family for so long. So Christine was really nervous that they would get together and that it would be really awkward. But once everybody got there, it was apparent that they've all missed each other a lot. Janelle suggests that maybe they can all quarantine for two weeks so they can do the holidays together as a family. Cody says they can do that or have it to where only the mothers can go into town or leave the homes. If they do that, then they can do the holidays. Janelle hopes they have a better idea of what it looks like when they get closer to the holidays. Cody says the only reason they are getting together is so that he can see everybody. Cody suggests having Thanksgiving at Coyote Pass. Janelle says, not in the winter. Hunter asks, are you kidding me? Janelle says, Cody can come here if he wants for Thanksgiving, but she isn't coming. Mary has no interest in having Thanksgiving at Coyote Pass in the middle of dirt and cold. (laughs) Christine asks if Cody is clocking the weather situation because around Thanksgiving, it typically snows. There's tons of snow. They probably won't be able to even drive out there, Christine says. Christine asks frustratedly, why? Why can't we just not discuss COVID? Abe thinks Thanksgiving and Christmas should be exceptions for Cody's mandates. And Cody says they will figure it out. They will make a plan. They will abide by that plan. And then they can all get together. Garrison says with a family like theirs, that's a really large family that's also very close. He feels like he's so distant from the rest of them. And Gabe looks pissed. Garrison says his relationships with Gabe, Savannah, and his mom have improved, but at the cost of losing his relationship with Robin's kids and Christine's kids. Gabe agrees with that, and he's tired of all this. He wants his family back. Janelle says they're having a great time all together, so she doesn't think that they should be bringing up COVID right now because... It can't be solved right now. So why bring it up, Janelle asks, and I agree. Cody says he knows people who have nearly died from COVID personally. And Gabe knows people who have gotten COVID with zero symptoms.
Chanel puts a kibosh on the conversation with a quickness. She announces that this is not the conversation that they are having tonight. Hunter says that he guessed this is serious, but as a family, and Gabe adds here, he thinks everyone should be quarantined together. Cody says in confessional, he is literally suffering from hurt feelings by his family's refusal to abide by COVID quarantine protocols. Cody wants to do the right thing. He says, it's breaking his heart that he has been marginalized to the point where he is no longer the head of his household in a couple of homes. This idea that Cody has been marginalized is ludicrous. It's such a crock of shit. If anyone here believes Cody is a marginalized victim in this, let me know in the comments section. First of all, none of the wives in a polygamous situation matter equally. Their voices aren't all heard. They don't all carry the same weight. They aren't all considered equally. So if anyone is marginalized in a polygamous situation, it's the wives. Cody has one wife whose voice holds more weight than the others. And Cody calls it a democracy when I don't feel he even views his wives as his equals, even in each separate relationship. And Cody doesn't do the democracy fairly. When they voted on the move, again, it was three to two. Cody ignored that vote to do things the way he wanted and the way Robin wanted and to leave Utah for Vegas when he wanted, even though he and Robin lost the vote. That's not a democracy. So for Cody to say he's marginalized because he's no longer the head of some of his households is utter bullshit. In my opinion, Cody shouldn't be the head of anything. He does not possess the type of qualities and characteristics a group or a family would look for in a head or in a patriarch or in a leader of any kind. Cody is resentful. Cody isn't self-aware. Cody isn't emotionally intelligent. Cody is manipulative. Cody is controlling. Cody distances as a manipulative tool. He does it with his kids when he is mad at a wife. Cody can't be self-aware enough to differentiate his behavior with his kids from the state of a relationship with his wives. Cody is emotionally lazy. Cody doesn't show up when it counts. Cody only does what is convenient for him. When he doesn't get his way, he distances, he pulls back, and he tries to manipulate to get his way. In season one, Cody says his wives would never allow him to tell them what to do. He isn't the leader. He doesn't want to wear the pants. He doesn't wear the pants. He's not the leader. It's not about ego and control. Not at all. His wives wouldn't stand for it. Are you kidding? But every episode, at least once, especially in the later seasons, Cody complains about no longer being the leader, about no longer being the head of this family. He lamented during last episode that he blames himself for not being a more assertive leader in the family so he could manage his wives better and have control and authority. He even whistled at his wives like they were dogs 
in frustration as they were speaking to the surveyor and Cody wanted to get a move on. Cody said many times his family is an obstacle to his goals in life. What wife would allow this unhinged man, in my opinion, to lead when he calls them an obstacle to his goals in life? A leader isn't wishy-washy. A leader shows up whether it's convenient for him or her or not, especially when it counts, like showing up to his daughter's life-threatening surgery. See, for a leader to lead, the people he leads have to have faith in him. They have to trust him. They have to trust that the leader puts the group ahead of his or her own interests and that the leader puts the group ahead of his or her own personal emotions, and that the leader puts the group ahead of his favorite wife. A good leader bends, a good leader compromises, a good leader is self-aware, a good leader is emotionally intelligent and able to differentiate their own emotions. Cody can't even separate his own emotions when he has a rocky relationship with a wife from the way he treats his kids and from the way he behaves with his kids. In my opinion, Cody doesn't have any of the qualities that he would need to be a good leader and he wants to be leader. He tries to manipulate situations to try and force what he wants. Like when Cody tried to remove intimacy with Christine to try and alter her behavior with Robin. Cody legitimately thought he could do that, and instead, Christine peaced out, which hallelujah and praise the Lord. I think everyone wishes her all the happiness in the world. Leaders don't need to try and manipulate and control and pressure. The people follow because they want to. They have faith and trust and respect for this person that they're allowing to lead them. No one, in my opinion, other than possibly Robin, has some faith in Cody. And the more Cody complains about not being the leader, the less of a leader he will be. In my opinion, Cody is trying to use manipulation tactics and control and toxic tactics, abusive tactics, to get control He just wants obedience at all costs and he doesn't care if people follow him out of fear or out of love and respect because they want to and because they admire him. Cody goes off of his ego. He's very ego driven and in my opinion, ego driven people suck at leadership. If Cody was good at leadership, his family dynamic wouldn't suck like it does And most of the reason the dynamic has disintegrated so much all comes from Cody and his behavior. Cody many times claimed he doesn't lead his wives. He could never tell them what to do. They won't have it. He said that in season one. So why is Cody now bitter complaining he is no longer the head, especially when he hasn't shown one shred of a capacity to lead? or the qualities he would need to be a good leader, in my opinion. No one should be the leader. But if I had to pick one leader for the group, I'd pick Janelle. She's intelligent. She's humble. She's diplomatic. She has no ego. She knows her strengths. 
She knows her weaknesses. She isn't overly emotional. She's able to differentiate and separate out her emotions. She's very logical. She's very rational. She doesn't want power. She doesn't want control. And that's why she should have it. And if I were picking a leader, not that I believe it's appropriate to have a leader, I would pick Janelle. Janelle would rock it. With Cody, well, we see what Cody's results are. And he doesn't have a good track record. Christine says... Everyone kept their distance for the most part, and it was a really good time. Mary says this whole family get-together, social distance style, it's just not what their family does. It's hard and it's sad. Robin says other than chasing the little kids around, which she was so put out by, she enjoyed the get-together, and she hopes they can do it more often. She says it's nice to see her family. She loves them. Again, Robin, in my opinion, didn't have to chase the kids around. Mary was right there. She chose to be overly anxious and panic and go overboard and stress herself out. And she also stressed her own kids to tears when it's not worth it. Mary was there watching. Robin made the choice to watch Mary watch her kids. And Mary was a huge help. So Robin didn't do anything alone. Cody created this problem with his COVID mandates. Cody tried to dictate how everyone would do things, and they said no. Robin had a lot of help with the kids at that barbecue. She's the one who chose to still helicopter. In my opinion, Cody and Robin make choices that make messes, and then they complain about the messes they create when if they relax a little bit all would be well in my opinion it's this rigidity and this paranoia and this fear and this stress that's what's creating the problems janelle has noticed that it's really really important for the family to get together she thinks it's been a really dangerous thing because when they don't get together often they lose sight of the whole That does it for this episode. To my YouTube viewers, please don't forget to like and subscribe and let me know your thoughts down in the comments section if you like. I'm always interested to hear your thoughts on the dynamics provided you're respectful. Next week, I'll be back with the next episode of Seeking Sister Wife, the next episode of My Sister Wives Rewatch Season 16, Episode 3, Not Social But Very Distant, and the next episode of Book Club on the first half of Chapter 8 on Robin. Thanks so much for tuning in. See you soon. Bye.